Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. This is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Today, I'm privileged to have Patrick Reif, the CVO of Pixelated. What on earth is a CVO? It is a chief visionary officer, which is hard to to cop to, quite frankly, because uh, I think it sounds a little bit silly. But it most uh, it, it it felt most like kind of what I ultimately do here. Um, so, uh, for that reason, yeah. See, I think it's absolutely essential because there's three main duties of a leader of a company. The primary one is to have a strategically sound, compelling vision that makes people go, I'll take a bullet for that. And the the second duty is how do you build a culture where people let go of their fears and limitations and go on the journey with you? And the third thing is how do you build long-term shareholder value? But it all starts with the vision. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Tell me about Pixelated. When did you get the idea? And when did you take it from idea to actually starting the company? Sure. Um, so Pixelated is a uh, seven-year-old photo booth company. Um, we started as an event photography, event photo booth company, wanting to serve kind of like the traditional event space, so weddings and parties and bar and bat mitzvahs, and slowly but surely followed um, building our own photo booth kiosks through to um, working with more B2B companies and then starting to work with large brands and um, marrying that experience together with marketing and branding goals for those brands inside of the event space. So like turning more towards using a photo booth as an experiential marketing tool and kind of started to understand the digital marketing space more and more and understanding how brands were leveraging it and how what we were doing tethered together with driving social and producing branded content and capturing data on behalf of the clients that we were working with to recognizing that there was a huge gap in the marketplace for the technology that was driving those experiences Mm -hmm. um, because we were having to use really poor um, third-party software that was built for like the business to consumer space um, to achieve these goals that we were doing for larger clients. So we um, raised some capital and we built our own software platform that is where we are today, which is uh, a product called the Pixie Cloud. And it is a photo booth platform that's built for marketers. Brilliant. And I've seen some of your uh, products within companies for their employees. Mm-hmm. So what's the reasoning behind that? Well, I guess, you know, when you look at what we do in in a broader sense, it, it, it you know, it gets, it comes under the umbrella of, of photo marketing, right? So Mm -hmm. using photographs to drive marketing and branding is ultimately what we do. But I think that from having started, so Pixelated, the initial inspiration for me, and I've got a business partner and he has has a different inspiration for how he came to it, Nicholas Kina. 
we came to it from different angles. But for me, I came to it by watching a, not a photo booth, but um, just kind of a, a camera and a backdrop that was set up at a wedding. Um, and people could kind of like get up on this backdrop and there was a photographer there that was taking analog photos mm -hmm. and people were just kind of posing together. You know, there's like probably a stool and, and a rose or something like that. Very, very simple and an endless white backdrop. And it was cool to take the photos, but no one really ever saw them because it was a wedding and they were analog photos. So there was no like take a picture Wait, and sure, see yeah. it or anything like that. Um, and then, you know, at weddings, people don't walk away with a, a collection of all the photos that get captured. Mm -hmm. So um, what was interesting, though, was it was a lawn wedding and there was a tent and the setup was kind of like adjacent to the tent. So everyone sitting underneath of the tent could watch it taking place. And there was something that was immediately it was uh, very endearing to watch people hug on and love each other and smile and pose and, and carry on and it created this this palpable feedback loop in, inside of the party where you could see the feedback of of the experience that people were having like there's there was getting in and, and being the person having your picture taken but then there was also ancillary benefits that were paying itself out so and you could see smiles on other people's totally, faces totally and then they were watching right so then there's like aunties and uncles that maybe aren't dancing or mm -hmm. maybe they can't get up or there's kid but it's like it's an additional entertainment Mm -hmm. piece but also it really was harnessing the vibe and that like always stuck with me as the thing that was really special like the photos are, are obviously like they're they will always be timeless like um the you know the the human being for time forever has been fascinated with their image like their reflection in, in the like lake right like that's something that will never ever go away it's deeply embedded in us but it was the ability to harness it and then like stick it inside of this party and, and that's what really stuck with me. So ten, it took 10 years before Pixelated happened after that. This mm -hmm. was like 1999 and Pixelated happened in 2011 or something like that. Um, so there was a long way that traveled between but it always stuck with me and as digital pho photography progressed it was like it became easier and easier and easier and as I met other people that were like, that validated the idea just in mm -hmm. telling them about it. And then Nick had traveled out to Chicago to attend a wedding and there was something similar there and it had just caught his attention as something that was really interesting and that he hadn't seen before, but also something that he thought could be done better than he was seeing it being done. And there was a third party who I had, who I had shared my story with years before. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, you know, my friend, Pat actually had like this thought epiphany. about this, yeah. right? Like for he's told me about this before, like, um, and then kind of from there, kind of connected back from Chicago, and they talked about doing it, and then they kind of brought it to me, and I was um, a few weeks away from having my first son, and uh, I was handling fine art, so so packing, uh, hanging, installing, deinstalling, you know, like condition reporting. Um, crazy fine artworks and documents and traveling them around the country and it wasn't what I wanted to do as a dad I didn't want to not be around um, and I also just didn't see my future in it so I had I'd been looking at actually um, nursing schools right uh, to become a, a nurse I thought that 
there's a part of my personality that would uh, resound with that kind of work. This kind of came up. I am, uh, I've always been a musician and an artist. And from an attractiveness point of view, in terms of like how I would be spending my time, this was way more interesting than going than through nursing school. Um, so I decided to give, give it a shot. I honestly, I thought that it would be pretty fun. I thought that it would probably last two years and um, ideally give me enough time to you know, write an album and get it out that would get enough attention that I could kind of like make music. Right. Uh, for a living and what happened was something totally different than that you know what happened was I ended up being pretty good at whatever it is that I do at Pixelated and um, I my business partner also has uh, a fine art degree I have a fine art degree um, so part of the same tribe it's part of the same tribe for sure so there was this um, I mean one we were taking photos right Two, we had decided very early on that we wanted to feel like a brand unto ourselves and we didn't want to be perceived as a mom and pop style wedding business. Right. Three, we always focused on like really doing things with high quality, whether that was like the actual technical photos and prints or whether it was the structure that we were trying to build. We wanted it to be sexy and really cool or just wanting the whole messaging to feel sophisticated and really considered. We didn't want it to feel like off the cuff. So immediately it started from a very very artful and creative place and to me I haven't made music or art in any type of serious capacity since I started Pixelated so seven years but that's because this is I your art? feel like this has been a, a, a massive piece of work that I've been that I've been you know going through and when you shared the thing about the artist that you interviewed earlier yes. off tape I, I thought it was really interesting because I don't really, um, I don't draw a difference between what I was doing then and what I was doing now, except now I'm doing it better. Uh, and I'm able to, there's a lesson that came through. So I'm 37 years old. I grew up playing guitar and, 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 and being into like underground American right. music, right? Where you couldn't sell out, like you couldn't, you know, like. You weren't like people didn't underwrite tours and like mm-hmm. you didn't have like interviews done on Vice and you know like have the bands want to like sponsor your band like all that stuff is awesome and it's great that it's there but like when when I grew up there was this in, this integrity around like you couldn't even sign to like Capitol Records you had to be on like this tiny little indie record label that was the to ideal be true to, the, to aspire to yeah. right so uh, this project has benefited by not having any of those hangups that were there right. from a, a periodic point of view but still has all of the wild avant-garde tendencies that were the thing that I liked most about doing about making art was it was like this was even more of the wild west so I picked up two things in the conversation so far uh, one was uh, I get the sense that you're here to be a helper to help other people is part of who you are and the other part is that creative part. Do I do I have that right? Yeah, I think so. Why I'm here is so mercurial, even to me. Like I would, uh, I think about it all the time, like all the time, constantly. So, I, I guess I str- I struggle with that, which is the only reason I'm not conclusive in answering you. One of the things I've noticed is that there are a lot of brands in Baltimore, large companies, small companies. Mm-hmm. Pixelated has 
an intimate relationship with the city of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's a very purposeful thing that you guys have done. Mm -hmm. Uh, So tell me, uh, what do you think that is and and why is that happening? Yeah, Um, it's happening because we've laid the groundwork. Mm -hmm. Because we have been... Intentional. uh, Intentionally in the community from day one. It has worked because that's how people are and that's how they really want to be. And the only time that they're not that way is when they're worried that they aren't, that it's not going to be reciprocated. Never let me put words in your mouth, Mm -hmm. but here's what I see from the outside. Uh, A lot of companies do events and it's very much, you know, hey, we want to do this, but we want something in return. But when I come to pixelated events, there seems to be just a sense of, of generosity. And there doesn't seem to be that sense of, hey, we did this for you, now do this for us. So it seems to be more There's no generous. Ask. Yeah, we don't, really, we don't really ask. Like, I don't need to ask. I mean, you, you just told me that Pixelated is intimately like mixed with Baltimore. And Baltimore, to, you know, I'm thankful to hear it. But like, there's a lot of people that really appreciate what we do, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the return that we're looking for. That like the the fact that there is a connotation that our company is has deeper meaning to the to a larger segment of the population than needing to have ever asked for something back is like awesome. You know, like that's, that's our brilliant. entire that that is and you know like whatever. I don't I don't want it to sound um, overly tactful, but like that is our strategy. Our strategy is that. We know that we can't exist in a vacuum, so we have to have people around us somehow, some way, right? It's just the way that it happens. Right. And if that's how it's going to happen, we're going to do it by throwing, you know, fucking awesome parties and helping people and producing content. And, and if we see something that we think works by, like, illustrating it, you know, like, Startups Worry was about illustrating it, right? It was right. about saying, like... This is how you should throw, this is how events-based marketing should happen, right? Like, but it wasn't from a place of, like, we weren't trying to teach anyone anything. We needed to meet all of those people, right? Because we were trying to figure out how to raise money because we'd never done it. We were five years into our company and we didn't know how to raise money. We didn't know how to meet people that invested in our town. We didn't know how to hire software developers. We didn't know how to go through software sprints. We didn't know how to do any of that stuff. We had networked ourselves heavily into the events industry and not into the technology industry. Patrick, uh, one of the questions I've been asking almost everybody that sits in front of me is who is your favorite superhero and what's the attribute they have that speaks to you? That's amazing. I don't know anything about comic books at all. (laughs) Um, Who is my favorite superhero? How about who's my favorite musician? Brilliant. Or a musician I love. I like, I love Neil Young. And I Canadian. like him because Fellow he Canadian. is totally uh, on his own vibe always. You know what I mean? Like, whether he's, like, not trying to fuck with Crosby, Stills, and Nash because he's annoyed with them. Or he's not trying to, like, be part of, like, any one specific scene. You know, like, Lone Ranger like a million incredible records, ton of integrity, like long career, still kind of doing exactly what he wants. You know, he's what, 70 years old, still makes records like once a year, you know, isn't afraid of doing like weird high art 
like anti-government stuff and then you know following it up with a play on you know the 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 green movement in, in current times so is it the him being true to himself and expressing that that's what really appeals yeah yeah definitely i mean i i am uh i'm hopeful that i will continue to jump to disparate projects in my life I feel like there's an awesome thread that I can see very easily that connects making records and making paintings and making pixelated and creating startup soiree and and the all the community side of it and and the intimate there's like a very intimate story of people that tie all of those things together to me and it's my relationship with all of those people that made all of the like you know all of those products if you will throughout my life right Right. it's albums or bands or paintings or or businesses whatever the case may be like all of those the the thing that that makes them touch right like like one band doesn't touch another like they're they're buttressed by people right you know what i mean and like the same thing for every single section that you go you know like my the my life is 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 expressed through all of these relationships. And when I think back through, when I think about startups where I, I think like I see individual faces of people, you know what I mean? Like I don't think about it so much like this brand that we created that has like a, you know, like a reputation. Nick and I had lunch with someone the other day and we went like all the way through lunch with him. And at the end I like happened to mention it cause we don't really talk about startups where very often any longer. Um, and I happened to mention it and the dude like kind of like, stop for a second and I think he like wrote it off and then he like thought and he was like wait like is that something that you guys did and we were like oh yeah like we, we built that from the ground up and he was like wait I like he just wasn't connecting the two right. so like it's funny to me but I don't think about it like that like I know that it meant a lot to a lot of people and we worked really hard it meant a lot to us um, but I don't think about it as this like entity I think about it as like you know all the people that I talked to and the interviews and like the guests that we had and like the amount of disparate, I think about the, the people that it pulled in from different universes. Like I think about the, my high school friends that were like curious enough to come out and check it out. I think about a dude that I played in a band with his, uh, he was, uh, played drums in my very, very first band ever. Jason McCarty, his little brother, Sean, who, was I don't know he must be six or seven years younger than I am maybe more than that is now like super interested in entrepreneurship and he shows up you know like once or twice a year at some event and he's like interested right nice like that like that's that turns you on it's it's just it's just interesting like I don't I don't know one way or the other but like I find that stuff fascinating and I will uh I will meet you know, like it will always mean a lot that mm-hmm. that 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 thing happened again because I never anticipated ever seeing that dude in my life again, right? Because like you know, like that was not even on the radar twenty five years ago, and and there's no reason for the lanes to cross again. But then they do, and it's like it's interesting. It's the context. How many people at Pixelated? We have nine full timers. And probably about 20 part-timers at the moment. When uh, you guys started this uh, company, 
when did you guys start thinking about culture and who are the people who want to hire? Who do you want to bring on board? Did you have thoughts around that? Did that just happen organically? It happened organically. We've always run Pixelated with a flat management structure, like period. And that is because when we started it, we were, you know, 31 and 27 respectively. And we didn't want to fucking work in a place. We knew the place we didn't want to work in. Mm -hmm. So it was like, let's not make that place. Uh, and then I think we are definitely artists and and left of center kind of individuals in a, in a lot of ways. Um, so when it came time to hunting down places to put our business in, we always found weird creative spots. And when it came to like designing our space, um, we both were uh, had granddads that played massive roles in our in our formative years. So we're pretty handy. We can build shit ourselves, and we've got right. ideas. You know, like we're again like. We make make makers. So when it came time to designing our space, we would always do it ourselves. And really, you'd look for like cheap but weird materials that no one would think about using. And that brought this very creative bent into it. So then, when you interview someone and they come in and they see that your you know that your place looks like the you know Tom Hanks spot that he rents in Big when he turns into an adult, right? And you're like skateboarding around, like it infers something very specific about what the culture is like. And then aside from that, it's about it's about speaking it into existence, right? It's about talking about personal responsibility and not wanting to build a company where micromanagement is necessary and that for you to succeed in our company, you're going to need to be personally accountable to getting your shit done and to digging in and finding new ways that you can be valuable because we don't have an interest in building an organization that places us as the overseer of an office because that sucks. Give me an example of one of your employees going above and beyond the call of duty where they're just being adults, figuring something out and just going, this is solved. Do you have like one of those handy? Yeah, I mean that that stuff happens. Uh, that stuff happens every day. I mean, I think one of the ways that it happens that that's newest to us and and really interesting is so we scaled up a lot over the last year to build software. Uh, our software developer is uh, a guy named Josh Sachs. Mm -hmm. Josh has built everything from the ground up. He's he's conceptualized the entire framework, the tools, the languages, um, and then he's built it all. And one of the things that has been great about Josh was, um, and it'll build off of what we were just talking about. So like a big part, uh, Josh is now 26, 27 years old. Big part of why he wanted to come work at Pixelated was the culture. Another part was that he was working down in DC and living in Baltimore in the commute, which is like terrible. But he wanted to localize his living a little bit more, and culturally, he wanted to be at a place where he wanted to be at. So that was a huge, um, a huge plus in our corner for helping him decide to come and work here. Right. So he came in with a skill set, right, being a developer, and having already sampled some other spaces where he could potentially work in or build a career in. And he saw, you know, he saw the aesthetics of our business, right? And he, and he got the tonality of it and understood that he could come in 
and really be responsible for himself. But then by owning what his role was going to be, even though it was very much undefined, you, you, you keep a lot of freedom, right? Yes. When, when you come in and you can take ownership because then like that's where trust is born. So Josh really bloomed into that. And what's great about him inside of that space is that when problems come up that are big problems, as opposed to him coming and just being like, here's a problem. I'm going to just like lay it on your desk and you guys need to tell me how to deal with it. He recognized very early on that based on what he's doing here, that he's going to be the best person to assess that, right? That like bring it to us while from like a rank and file, you know, place, like it's important to keep us abreast of stuff when it goes wrong right. with the software or if there's, if there's a problem with the technology. But ultimately when Josh comes to us, he comes and he presents a solution. problem and then he says, and here's the solution that I've come up with. And that is an incredible thing. One last question before we uh, part company. Artists have a very special relationship to the community, to the culture. A lot of artists, and you kind of mentioned this earlier on when you were talking about being you know, an artist and a musician, that sense of commerce and integrity, they seem to be at odds but you've resolved that in this company. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have to artists everywhere, whether they're musicians, painters, sculptors, or creating businesses and changing the world, to resolve those two issues? Because they don't need to be at odds. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's no more holy grail when it comes to how you do that. And honestly, I feel like, I feel like that is present, that it, it's, it's it's a much more open conversation around how art is, um, you know, is capitalized, I guess. Streaming, Spotify has changed, you know, like streaming mm -hmm. services have changed. So like the music space is going through a massive revolution. I think that art is always kind of like going, th going through a massive revolution. The thing that I think that everyone that makes any kind of creative thing should do is just really understanding that creating a narrative is the most valuable thing that you can do um, and doing it with uh, like zero fucks given to any thing aside from the conquest of your vision is really really valid and it's not you know like it it's not egotistical to commit to your vision and that if that if the fulfillment of that is a large personality, then like you, like you just need to do embrace it. it. Like yeah. That's, that's what it is. And you'll quickly know if that's actually what you want. And what really sucks is to spend a ton of time beating around the bush, thinking that there's one thing that's holding you back when in reality you're, you're painting a face on it. And, and there's actually something behind the mask. That's really the impetus. And it could be like a whole different set of values that you don't realize that you're even tapping into, but ultimately, uh, be there's, there's, there's no better time place to be in to take control of your entire narrative. Uh, and that I think that's what excites me and it makes me not worried about not making songs or not making paintings right now uh, is 
the the digital sphere is going to continue to evolve and i look at all of these facets of it and i'm like oh if i was going to do something like tomorrow i would do it just like this right that's just going to continue to happen and i'm confident that i'm going to continue to be able to assess the landscape and be like this like this is where i'm going to dip in you know and that could be you know like uh going back to making music again or it could be going into like being like a long distance trail runner or or like you know being about not being on the grid at all like whatever it's going to be like I'm going to find my thread and I think that that's what artists do best and that the that seizing that 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 really being confident in your unique point of view uh, and not letting anything detract you from it is what they should do Patrick thanks so much for sitting down with me thank you for having me If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 